0: Hey, I'm Pastor Dave Ferguson. Welcome to Crosswalk Chattanooga's Weekend Teaching Podcast. We're glad you're with us.
1: All right, I think we need to give a hand to Georgia Cumberland Conference and its leadership for just being such incredible partners through this. Um, as you know, as you know, we're, we're trying to do something new within our little tribe of Adventism here, and um, they've been great partners and, and brought us in to the conversation um, really early on when we were talking about getting a pastor. And so, um, but here's the thing. When we first came together and we first said, hey, we want to plant a church, um, you know, Georgia Conference was... um, Not really sure what it means for a church to plant a church in another conference, and another union. That's kind of new. And so one of the things they wanted us to do is to check with the pastors in the region and particularly check with the largest church in the region and particularly check with Dave. This is (laughs) what they want us to do, I'm pretty sure. So um, I had known Dave a little bit just kind of in passing, you know, in ministry, you kind of do it. And, um, and, um... We got to have a conversation. And Dave, I was wondering kind of what were your thoughts at the time when we were saying, hey, we're going to, a church in Redlands, California is going to plant a church here in Chattanooga. What were your thoughts? What were you thinking?
0: Well, so first thought was, uh, you know, I am not super used to, over the course of my career, being a guy that people check in with about what you're Well, you're very,
1: you're very important. (laughs)
0: But I do always have some opinion about almost anything, whether I've ever thought about it before that moment or not, so I've got something I'm ready to talk about. Uh, I I found myself thinking, you know, this is a moment that I get to be, um, you know, what I always wish I would run into, right? Which is somebody who says, this sounds like something interesting, I don't know too much about it, but probably it ought to be tried. What do you need to do that? Um, I've always thought surely all of the best ideas haven't already been thought of. And if that's true and somebody had a great idea and it isn't exactly what we've always been doing, then how would that be met? And how would I meet that? Would I be willing to say, got no idea if this is going to work, but it sure feels like we ought to try it. And so that was kind of what I was feeling in in that setting was, yeah, this this should be tried somehow. And by by the way, if it's going to be tried, I'd like to be around to, to know how it's going. Uh, And
1: and just for the record, that's not always the response you get. Um, (laughs) You don't always get a, yeah, that sounds cool. Normally you get kind of a scarcity response, right? But Dave lives in the abundance of God, understands the abundance of God, and was just really willing to not only say, yeah, you guys should do that, but to say, hey, how can I help? And so from that time we invited Dave to be an invitee on our leadership team and he's spent countless hours with our leadership team here giving us wisdom. So you need to understand this that the good decisions that have been made at Crosswalk Chattanooga, Dave has been a part of from the very beginning. And so Dave, I just want to thank you for that first of all. That's really yeah. incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So that also means that as we were beginning to look for a pastor and we were partnering with Georgia Cumberland Conference, um, your name came up quickly. And we started having this conversation, but the decision did not come quickly. You guys really vociferated. That's your word for this week. Um, You spent some time thinking about it. Tell me what you were thinking about and what you wanted to process through.
0: Well, I I was very intrigued. I, I had a sense of what Crosswalk Chattanooga was all about. Spent a lot of time with people that I had grown to care about, and I I love being around people who care deeply about something, right? And so that was kind of the easy part of the process. The more challenging part of the process, which was kind of a, this was gonna either be a deal breaker or a deal maker. Uh, I love the idea of being a part of something that is um, breaking some molds, trying some things that haven't been tried, and so Crosswalk, the network of, church is what you are up to this is a this is a big deal and very intriguing to me at the same time I learned very early it matters a whole lot who you work directly with and for in any kind of way and so I need we needed to have some conversations I wanted to check around I wanted to hear more you know great so love well all right nifty all right but is that real or and 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 how real and what are you prepared to do and and by the way uh, um you know can I be a good partner? What do you see that I have to offer? Those were all questions that I, we really needed to kind of explore together, coming out the other end of which, which I've had people ask, well, okay, so what's this deal with? Almost like the, we should be scared of anything other than ourselves in the room, right? I'm not interested in being in a room by myself, just to be honest. I, I want to know there are good people to partner with, and and uh, so, again, it was going to be either a deal breaker or a maker, right? And And I've we became more and more confident that this is a good thing and, and we could matter and you and others on the team could matter to us. Um, my wife could feel us, and when I say us, me. You.
1: For sure you.
0: My wife could feel me starting to lean. And so one of the things we did was said, hey, um, we're going to need two weeks to make this decision. And in part, that was because we knew as I was starting to kind of lean that if God really intended for this to be a no, no, nope, stay right here um, at, at College Dale, that, that we need, he needed to have time to kind of convict us of that. And for Carolyn and myself, because of course I had been engaging in all these sorts of ways and Carolyn hadn't had the opportunity, so we had to kind of come to, to the same place. So
1: it took a while. No, and and Carolyn, I so appreciate your engagement through this process. Um, we got to have meals with my wife and your wife and, and get to talk. And uh, it's always scary when pastors' wives get together to talk because they tell the truth. Because um, pastors are, we're just eternal optimists. We're like, this is going to be amazing. And our wives are like, is it? Is it? But it was so great to just engage and process it. And we're so glad that this is where, this is where you landed. I, I, I want to speak now from the whole of the Crosswalk Network. Um, we're excited for the skills that you bring. Um, I know that you can see clearly in places where I can't. And so um, we're actually going to spend, we've got Pastor Patty McCoy coming from um, Portland, our other larger campus, and we've got Pastor Ron Aguilera, who's our executive pastor at Redlands and helps us manage the whole system. We're coming together to spend a few days so we can really begin to vision what the next steps are in Crosswalk because I believe that we're at an inflection point. We're no longer this weird thing that's happening. We're now establishing churches in different unions, in different divisions. Our group, I was just with our group in Melbourne, Australia, The Australian Union Conference is actually working its way to find us more places where we can plant churches. We've got multiple conferences in the United States that are asking us to now come and plant churches. So it's a big lift that we have to do. And so I'm so glad that we've got your broad shoulders and your incredible wisdom, um, which is not age. It's just wisdom. But it's nice not to be the oldest guy now. I'll say that.
0: Well, it's interesting, because as the four of us means it will also be nice to be the one in the room with hair. I'm sorry. That was means spirited This is going to be good. That was, that this is going to be good. Let me, no, let me, I want to, let's relate. Let's do this. Come on. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, sorry.
1: Oh, this is going to be a fun time. Is it too late? Is, where'd Gary go? Is it too late to just call it off? Uh, yeah. um,
0: We already did this one service. (laughs) I know. We're not giving back. They already gave you the swag. That's right. We're not giving back the shirts. Um,
1: Listen, Dave, we're just excited (laughs) for you and for Carolyn. And we're just excited to hear what you have to say for this congregation. And um, thank you for being part of the process. Thank you for trusting leadership as we went through this process. And Dave, we couldn't be happier Mm. that you're here. So I'm going to get off the stage and give you time to talk to your congregation.
0: All right, man. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. And by the way, Tim, I, you know nobody really talks about this, a little detail, but if you find yourself in a laying on of hands situation, get a wide base because you can easily be swayed and toppled and then that would be the wrong move. I'm gonna invite you to just bow your head with me in a word of prayer as we dig into some of God's word. Lord God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this moment in time. It's all, every good thing, all a gift from you. So as we unwrap it, we acknowledge that if anything good happens here, it's not of our doing, it's because of your presence. So sit in here with us, draw close with us, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking a little bit about what I might share, and I was thinking also about some of the questions that I've received about, you know, why I would say yes, and if I could just take a second and say anything that I have said or do say here or forward you should understand this Carolyn and I feel just just immensely blessed to have been able to serve at the College Dale Church and it, so that was part of why it was a difficult decision is because you're not sitting here going bad thing good thing oh I wonder what to do um, it was it was challenging in that regard um, and so we just really love the people of the Collegedale Church and the work that we felt Absolutely, we were called there, and in truth, I don't see any way that we end up here now without God having led us there then, and so I don't mean anything that I say as comparative in the slightest of ways, uh, but I was thinking a little bit about it as as individuals would ask, well, why are you doing this? What are you, what are you doing? Every once in a while, they'd bring you up, Tim. I mean, I mean, you're going to have to, as if to say, you're going to have to somehow figure out how to get along with somebody else who's, you know, bright and, you know, and, in charge of something. And so how would that go? You know, kind of interesting to me. And I thought about this passage of scripture. I'd like to introduce it to you for those that don't know it, written by, apparently, though not all the evidence would corroborate this, apparently the smartest man to ever live in Ecclesiastes. It says this, again, in the seventh verse of chapter four, again, again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. By the way, if you guys want to try it, I mean, if you, if just add under the sun to a comment that you're making and just see what reaction you get, you know, like really, are you doing all right? I'm a little tired. I'm more tired than anything under the sun. Just throw that in there because it's not used regularly these days. And if you think about what is being said, it's like, okay, look. And it just just kind of glance around and you see anything that's meaningless. You could use the word ridiculous. You could use the word foolish as some of our translations would. You could use the word Can I be this irreverent? You could use the word that we're not, we weren't allowed to use in our household. And So I'm sorry, parents, if I'm doing something. You just kind of hit it, beep, do some button here. You could use you could use the word stupid, right? I mean, there is nothing under the sun worth that. Well, okay, so how bad is it? How dumb, how ridiculous is it, Solomon? He said, well, okay, so look around and ask yourself, has the sun ever shone there? If the sun has ever, if the beams have ever... Poked in there, this is more ridiculous than anything else you could see. It's the most ridiculous thing. So what is it, Solomon? What's the most ridiculous thing you could ever see? Here's what it is. There was a man all alone. Not so fast, ladies. There was a man, that was all alone. I think you could easily say there was, there was a person, there was a human. <laughs> Do with it what you need. But remember, this is reminiscent, isn't it? The very first words of scripture In our Bibles, the creator God comes and speaks things into into existence. And then we'll create mankind. Says, let us make man in our image. And all along, keeps saying things. It is good. It is good. This is just so, so good. And one thing, pre-sin, one thing God says, this is not good. That man should be alone. It's not good. By the way, because if you're like me, you've had some moment where what has happened in your life and at the hands of some well-meaning somebody has caused you to reflect on the fact, the truth, that, you know what, I'm not going to be saved by the church. Alyssa, I'm not going to be saved by you. I'm not going to be saved by row five. I'm not going to be saved by crosswalk. I'm not even going to be saved by loving well. So if it's Jesus that's going to save me, and I've felt so burned over here by these people, who needs it? Who needs it? And if you lean in, you will hear the God of all things whisper to you, you need it, Dave. It's dumb for you to try to do this alone. Solomon says, this man that is all alone, he had neither son nor brother. This isn't a marriage conversation, this is a human conversation. For whom am I toiling, he asks himself, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? Fascinating, he's still gonna toil, but that alone thing, it robs you of joy. Somehow, this too, this is meaningless, miserable, ridiculous, not the thing to do. So why not? What is this about? It it strikes me, some of us, you've been coming here a long time. Some of us, you, you were here on day 301 ago. Some of you were involved in figuring out is, it, is Hickson going to work? Some of you were there when, you know, Tyner was shuttered on what was going on in ministry. Some of, some of you were there in a living room a long time ago. Here's the challenge. It doesn't matter how long we've been involved. It's still possible to walk alone. You can walk alone in a crowd. And you, only you, you know and something about that aloneness is 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 holding yourself back and not really fully investing. Something about that aloneness is feeling the hurts and just not willing to open the door to, to other people. And again, keep in mind, oh yes, Jesus says, I am with you, I will walk with you. Just like he would have said with Adam. It wasn't like he was saying, look, if it's just Adam, I'll never walk with him in the garden. No, no. He was gonna walk with him every day, and it still wasn't good enough. Could it be that as you come here, it's possible some of you are here for the first time, or wow, you could have been here all along, and yet you're still alone? You're still withdrawn with Jesus. He would say, Still not good still not as good as I intend for it to be. For two are better than one because they have a good return on their work. And there's so many things you could say about this, but let's just imagine this. If you're like me, there are people you love that you're worried about their spirituality and what they're doing in their life and whether or not they will be with me forever. And if I decide I wanna make any kind of difference about that, what is being said here is that, John, if you and I partnered more could happen for the people that I love than if it's just me. In fact, if John, you and I knew the same name and we decide, okay, here's my strategies, I'm gonna write it in notes and we're gonna share a note and you're gonna do it and I'm gonna do it, but we're gonna do it apart, what's being said here is less of a chance, not as good a return as if we would actually partner. Because two, spiritual principle, two are better than, than one. The God who created, from the beginning, it's been this way. We can lose track of that because, man, it's messy being two. You know, it would be all fine except there's you. And there's me. And isn't that the weird dilemma, right? Is that I know I need you. But then, the doing of that How are we going to make it? It'll be a little messy. But Solomon says, there are some things you ought to really understand that are massive benefits. Let me tell you about them. He says, look, first, if one falls down, their friend can help them up. In fact, you should pity the person who falls down and there's no one there to help them up. There are all sorts of ways to fall down, aren't there? You can make a mistake, and now everybody knows. Somebody here has been picked up by somebody who forgave. Somebody who said it's going to be okay. Somebody who said, I'll show you the way, or I'll give you my reputation, or whatever we need to do. We can do this together. Somebody else here has struggled with discouragement, depression. Picking somebody up isn't just walking in and saying, well, here's the truth of what you need to know today so that you can live a better life. Sometimes being picked up is being sat next to with no words. You, you certainly have experienced something like we experienced. It was a, a very wintry January day uh, and snow was falling in Michigan. My wife and I had hastily made arrangements and we had one-way flights to Philadelphia We were driving then about seven o'clock in the evening through snow, in the darkness, somebody was taking us to the airport so that we could try to catch a flight, see if any possible way we could get home. And by home, I mean to my parents' home before my mom lost her battle with cancer because she wasn't gonna make it. And about that time, my dad calls halfway to Chicago to say, she's gone. You see, we could only afford two one-way, t- one-way tickets at that point, so we'd given all of our kids the keys to our van, and they grabbed their cousin, and the five of them were driving across the Indiana Turnpike trying to get there to see if possibly, maybe, they'd get to say goodbye. So that was my call. Get on the phone and let them know I don't get a ticket, she's gone. And they pulled over, and in the snow, they all got out of the van and just held each other and wept. Do you know, their memories of that moment are sweet because there was somebody to hold. Surely you've experienced the moment. Maybe you've experienced the moment even this week of falling down and not having somebody to pick you up. Solomon says, You deserve two, not one. And then there's this also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? A little weird. Tim and I know each other a little bit, not super, super well. We're going to have a little retreat, the four of us. Maybe it would be a bonding exercise. Tell you what, though, if we were in a plane that went down in the Alps, Tim and I would get over it. But maybe what Solomon is talking about is even different than that. What if Solomon is saying, hey, look, here's the thing. You have your ideas. Tim has his ideas. If you two come together, heat happens. There's an electrical charge that happens. You know what? You deserve to have all of what happens when you're two and not just one. Something more happens. I think about the passage in 2 Kings chapter 5 when Naaman... If you know the story, is headed into Israel to try to see if he can be healed of leprosy. And the only reason he's going in the first place, I love this part of the story, is because a little girl who he has stolen from her family is so amazing that she's willing to tell him the secrets of how he can be well. (laughs) Talking about not hoarding the goodness of God to oneself. But you know how the journey goes He's basically told, look, all you gotta do, all you gotta do is buckle your knees. That's all you gotta do. Walk out into this muddy river, buckle your knees seven times, you will have skin like a baby. The leprosy will be gone, and he is ticked off. This sounds like some weird sort of charade a game that you're playing. I know what's going on. Are there are there cameras? Is this gonna end up posted somewhere? I'm gonna be a meme, for goodness sakes. And he is galloping home. And this, by the way, this dude has a reputation of a vicious warrior. And there are servants that are along for the ride. And the servants decide, let's go interrupt the guy who kills people and suggest he might be doing the wrong thing. You can read it there for yourself. Uh, You know, it'd be, I don't know why there's got to be music. Hey, uh... I mean, here's the truth, simple truth of that story. If Naaman rides alone, he is never healed. If you came riding in here alone, you deserve more. You deserve more. It's not just that in fact, if you fall, which you will, you can be helped up, it's not just that Everything you do could be better. If in community, it's also this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And in that simple statement, there is an assumption with an offered solution. What's the assumption? Solomon doesn't spend any time saying to you, you know that thing that, that, that preachers will come on television and say, hey, if you put your hand on the screen right now, uh, Send in your thousand dollars. You know that whole thing about if you follow Jesus, then everything will turn out well? Solomon didn't even argue with it. He knows that's just dumb. He just says, look, here's the truth of it. You're going to be attacked. Why even spend time on this? You're going to be attacked. Let's get to what to do about it. He came in here thinking, maybe Jesus is my way out of being attacked. No, no. Jesus is way, your, your way through being attacked. And here's how Solomon says his plan is to do that, is to not just be one. You got a full on exposed back. Marcelo. if you don't, we don't do this together, we gotta two, always, always better than one. And then I just gotta to say to you, if you thought coming up with $2 million in 13 days was a miracle, that's child's play. Child's play. Frankly, keeping anyone from attacking you. That's silly child's play for God. Embedded in this little passage is a miracle. And maybe you're like me and you're reading it and you're going, you know, wait, wait, time out. Solomon, okay, so what we've been saying is two are better than one, two are better than one, two are better than one. So you should be two. Okay, we got to two. We're at two. Good news. We're at two. And then you throw in a a three-stranded cord is not quickly broken. Who's been talking about three? Are you taunting us? Because we got us into twos. That's awesome. Would have been a lot better if you could get three. boy. No, no. What if Solomon is saying, here's the miracle, the promise, and the truth from verse 1. To the final verses of this book we we're trying to find Jesus in is this that when two come together, Jesus is present. It's always three, it never is just two. The math of scripture is you can't get into a twosome with Jesus, when you can't get into a twosome in his family, it's immediately at least three. Oh, let me tell you. Far bigger than you avoiding the problem at work is you having family and Jesus, a three-stranded cord that will carry you through being laid off or let go or broken up or disenfranchised. So here's it is, man. I'm just gonna say it again. I don't know how you came in here, but so, so, so much better. You find community together. I love that about the mission of this space. that we would love one another well. And that's not just a distant love, that's a welcome all the way in love. I gotta say, Tim, I couldn't be more excited about partnering with you. I love this. If you're going to applaud excitement, just keep, keep it going. Because here's the thing. I've gotten to know the leadership team, the people who do a lot of the work around here. And I am just so jazzed to be among you. This is so fantastic. And frankly, I've learned a lot of your names already. And I'm, I'm really loving that. And I, I look. Maybe maybe I'm your test case on loving well. I don't know, but so far, I'm I'm just so thankful to be a part of this family. And for anyone who is here, and you're pretty, I mean, honestly, you're more of a visitor to what God is up to. You're, You're one. I want you to know something. Two things, really. First, you are always... Always, always welcome here. Even, even when you think it's your best plan to stay just one. Come on, that's fine here. But forgive us, forgive me, if on occasion, I just lean into Solomon a little bit. Say, oh, it would be so good for you to be all the way in. Take the time you need, test it. Two, so much better than just one. Thank you for joining us for this teaching. Consider hitting the subscribe button to stay tuned for next week. If you'd like to support Crosswalk Chattanooga, go to crosswalkvillage.com Chattanooga and click the give button at the far right of the ribbon at the top. Notice the campus drop down menu and select Chattanooga. And if you'd like to come and worship with us on a Saturday morning, we would love that. When you do, please say hi to me. I'd love to learn your name.